Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Greg Rich Ministries podcast. And I'm here with Kasten Appleton and Michael oh. Seiler. Guys, I'm so excited to be able to have you both on the podcast. First of all, we were just in Thailand. It feels like years ago, but it was literally just a month ago. Right. Because there was so much that took place on that trip. And I wanted to get you guys on to talk about that and, and really to share what your experience was like to be on a short-term trip and what God did during that time. So you want to start, just kind of share a brief overview of what you felt like God did through you My and goodness. with you. Uh, I mean, brief. We were there for 10 days, but it felt like, honestly, we were there for a month, two months. Yeah. yeah. Truthfully, uh, the amount of things that were deposited into the lives of people there and to ourselves, honestly, was uh, incredible. Yeah, it was really great because when we got there, we we hit the ground running. So it right. wasn't, there was like no delay. It's like, it's like, welcome to Thailand. Uh, we're going to put you right in, you know? And uh, even that first day, we, we it was all day. Um, and then that night, you know, we ended up going and, and just experiencing things, you know, right off the bat that were just really, uh, you know, set foundations and tones for the entire trip. Yeah. yeah. During the trip, I think that all of us knew. So we were working with an organization that they help prevent rescue and restore people that have been involved in sex trafficking or, or children that have been sold into sex slavery. And so we knew that going in. And in the first night, I think that we were there a full day that we had it in right. Bangkok. We went to the red light district. Yeah. That's a really heavy scene. And oh, I think, yeah. you know, we talked about it after the fact, but while we were walking through that and even after I was like, man, we just walked through the valley of shadow and dance. Like, yeah, I mean, you definitely feel sin laden. It was yeah. darkness. Like it was heavy while we were there. And what was that like for you guys to see that firsthand? Yeah. Well, when you're talking like you're talking strongholds, demonic strongholds. Yeah. And so it was even it wasn't even just, uh, you know, a spiritual. It was it, it was palpable. Like we stepped into the yeah. first alley um, of the red light district and a heaviness was just just there. You know, it was like somebody just kind of gut punches you. Yeah. And so That's from true. from that moment, it's like, you know, that you're 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 behind enemy lines, so to speak. You know, yeah. this is something that's not just. Uh, it's it's totally different from here because there's kind of lawlessness, right? So yeah. these principalities they operate without you know we have the ch we have a, an amazing church, we have an amazing body in this country, and some of this stuff would never fly, right? Yeah. yeah. And exactly. so there, because it's been perpetrated for so long, it, it it's rooted, it's deep rooted even within the culture. And so walking into that, I guess you you know you prepare, you're you're spiritually prepared when you get yeah. there, or so you think. And, you know, yeah. and, but then the reality of now you're in this circumstances and it's not just one force. It's, it's a whole, a whole bunch of different things. You, you're, you're not dealing with just uh sexual sin. You're dealing with addictions. I mean, yeah. that's what I saw a lot down in there. Uh, there's a lot of bars, there's drugs on the street, literally yeah. anything and everything you think you want to buy or that you could want to buy. You can get in the red light district. It's a, yeah. like, there's like sin galore is the way I would say. Yeah. Like literally like, yeah. if you wanted to do anything and everything, like you said, mm -hmm. it was available to you. Yeah. But the reason that we went through the red light district was because we wanted to see that, you know, whenever these people are sold into the sex slavery or the, the trafficking, they're being sold into that lifestyle. And we wanted to experience that firsthand so we right. could see, it wasn't like we were going there to 
glorify it. We're there to actually see like, what is the result of this? If we don't help prevent this from happening. Right. Absolutely. And so when we were walking through there, Michael, like we, we all split up. I think we, how many people do we have? 13 people. Yeah, 13. Total. So we split into different groups and me and Michael were in the same group. And while we were there, there was this heaviness. And I remember it. We walked into this one place or, or just in this part in the street. And there was like this heavy pressure on our chest. Yeah. We could feel this like oppression there. Yeah. Um, and I remember you, you actually, after the fact, you had made a statement kind of how, you know, you felt like, you know, you, you experienced that, but there was also this awesome, like revelation yeah. that you had. Can you share that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So going through that and kind of some of the things that the Lord brought me through, right. He brought me through uh, addiction and he brought me through, you know, the things that go in that lifestyle of addiction. And so being able to walk through what was a, a tremendous stronghold um, at the time, like look, when we got back to the hotel, I realized like, it wasn't just that I was there and, and it was helplessness, right? It, I wasn't just there just to, to even observe. It was like, God showed me, he's like, he's like, look, I can take and I can restore your life. Man. I can take you from the pit of despair and I can march you right through a stronghold of the enemy. And there is nothing hell can do because yeah. it's a defeated foe. And I'm going to champion you because that's who he is. He's the champion of heaven, right? Yeah. And so I, it wasn't like I had it going into it like, like, look at me, you know, look what God's brought me out of because right. that would be a place of pride. Yeah. For sure. But afterwards, yeah. when I got back to the hotel, he's like, he's like, look what I've done for you. You know what I mean? And then I had that realization. I was like, you know, he goes, even though that oppression was there, you know, I truly feel like in the spiritual realm, that's a, that's a temptation. And so that's a testing of sorts, right? Yeah. So so people would walk into that, and that's that first wave of demonic. But because we have the Holy Spirit, right, it didn't right. present as a temptation, yeah. exactly. right? It, did, it, it was a physical, like it almost made me sick. So the same things that would have triggered me in the past and, and kind of got me into that, you know, that rat brain thinking or, or sure. you know, that chasing that high, then God has turned it, and now it just, now he's like, I've got you. You know, I've taken those yeah. old things. And I've done a new thing in you. And I think that was awesome for me to see, like, the fact that you had an idea that maybe this could have been a temptation in the past, but not it's not even a temptation anymore. Now yeah. recognizing the force behind right. that temptation and right. able to overcome it. And, like, now the yeah. champion is taking me through there yeah. and proclaiming this thing is defeated. It's this defeated. Is, this yeah. does not have power over people anymore yeah. through grace. And, yeah. you know, even talking to you, you had... You were in a different group, and you know, really, we were told that we shouldn't be sharing too much on the on that street because it's mafia controlled. That whole red light district is controlled by three separate mafias, and so you have to be very careful about the way that you even present the gospel because you know there's people that have been there for ten, fifteen, twenty years, and they know how to do it well, so that the girls are you know, abused later on, but you, right. you actually encountered somebody. Yeah, I was, I mean, very fortunate uh, with the group that obviously God's always going to orchestrate the groups on who you're set in. And um, I'll never forget walking, or actually even just before, uh, we all got together and we knew the principalities that we were about to go yeah. and face. And we were like, hey, let's just give it a moment. Let's pray and let's guard ourselves, guard your heart. And then let's march through here. And let's essentially um, just bring Jesus, his presence. Yeah. Because at first we weren't going to preach. We weren't going to teach none, yeah. none of that. But my whole heart was uh, 
the whole thing with if a shadow can heal, yeah. then we're marching through here yeah, you know, from the sure. moment that if, if they told us that the, the hands would be laid on us uh, by these people as we're walking through, um, that the ladies would just reach out and they'll, they won't pull you, but they'll grab you and, and try and entice you in. Yeah. Um, and so for me, as I'm walking through, I'm praying that whenever they reach out, they don't realize that they're reaching out for Jesus. Yeah, and that in that moment it's going to be administered. Yeah, um, and so that, those are the things that I'll never forget. In in those moments, seeing those girls' faces change yeah. from yeah. from looking at you as as a, yeah. a source of income to right. a source of what is this? right. You know? And that was one of the things I was going to say. Yeah, one of the things that uh, the lady we went with, Sophia, yeah. she's like the they're never used to people looking at them with eyes of love. Right. And so Christ represents that that unconditional uh, love of the father and they're not used to receiving that. And so when people go down there into those places, they're going there for purposes that are not the best. Right. Yeah. For so sure. they have they have ill intention. And so they look at these women, uh, especially with eyes of lust. And yeah. so the difference when you look at them with the eyes of love, it, it was it was it was crazy. We were going up to girls in in the groups and we were with Sophia yeah and she had come out of that right yeah. so she'd been discarded from the people that ran that because she got HIV and she got left on the streets to die essentially yeah. yeah and so she has a ministry now where she goes back into that same place and she brings the love of God to these women and so when we approach them their whole demeanor their countenance everything would change and they would they would bow they would show her the respect they were hugging on her it we didn't I didn't have the experience of anyone trying to pull or or get me it was like it was like yeah. one we were shielded with grace yeah. right I, I truly believe that yeah. but also it's because we represented that light and that love of yeah. God yes it, and I I think that is exactly right because you know with, even with your eyes and you know you're you're wondering like sometimes how do I preach the gospel effectively. It begins with your heart motive. Hey, man. You know, like the way you actually go into a situation. So we weren't going into that thinking of in terms of what can we get in terms of what we can see. Right. We were actually going to give something. And yeah. so your eye gate, the way that you receive things can actually be presented in a form of lust where you're like, man, right. what does this look like? How does this, what does this do for me? And then you almost become the woman at the well. Who's there drawing at the right. well, trying to satisfy the need right. for acceptance and love or yeah. lust or whatever it is. But Jesus said, when you drink from this water, yeah. you're going to become a fountain. So you're not going to oh, pull yeah. from it anymore. You're going to be something that provides. Yes. And so I feel like when we were there, even though not every time were we able to preach the gospel, even right. with the way we looked at the girls mm -hmm. and the way we looked at the people, that provided a form of preaching of the gospel. hundred you know? like, yeah. percent. That was a pouring out. Yeah. And I know that you, there was a woman on the street where well, she was there with her young son. Right, son right, right. I wanted you to tell that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we were just walking down the street. It was from after that first red light uh, because we went to two of them in that yeah. night. And uh, after the first one we had went to, uh, they said that we were going to walk across the street and to the, to the other one. Uh, and this was the moment where, where she had told me, uh, that if I had felt led to talk to any of the people on the street or even in the district, uh, just to be mindful, but by all means, if, if I was moved by compassion to do so. Yeah. And so at that point, I answer, I go into being from a point where I feel hopeless, like they're helpless. I can't yeah. help these people yeah. to 
what can I do? Yeah. You know, and that changed my whole perspective. Um, and I got to a point walking down the street and I seen this lady with her daughter. Uh, and I mean, they're just begging for, for money. And the daughter is probably a year, two years old. And she is holding this cup and she's flipping it at everybody who walks by. Uh, she has been trained at yeah. such a young age yeah. to beg for money. And so I, obviously I, I just sat down and I started talking to her and, uh, obviously with the translators and, and all of that, but um, there came an instance where uh, a man had walked behind me, and he had stopped, and he was listening to kind of what we were talking about, and uh, he knew that we were trying to share and spread the gospel, um, and so I just turned around, and I looked at him, and, and I told him, or he, he told me, you're not going to change your mind, and uh, this just arose out of me, and it was... Um, I don't have to change her mind. I can change her heart. And that is the exact thing that God always does with each and every one of yes. us. I mean, it first he captures your heart and he softens that soil. And then by re renewal of minds, your mind begins to be more like his. Um, so that was within, like he completely is disarmed at yeah, that point. Right. He just walks away. What do you away. say to that? Oh, yeah. Say? Like, yeah, what yeah. Say? yeah, you know. Um, and so I go right back into it, and um, within, I think it was five, five, ten minutes after that, uh, we're literally leading her in the salvation prayer, um, getting connected with Sophia's team, right? Um, hopefully getting her a connection where she can make money and not have to beg. Yeah. Um, so that was really impactful. And I think something that was amazing is that we had someone there with Sophia and her team that whenever the salvation was being prayed with these people, they weren't just left to be like, all right, now figure it out. Right. Own, like, however you can, right. another laborer will come. No, we have right. someone that we could help set them up with yeah. so that they could continue in their discipleship process. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Yeah. Very, very. And then even as we moved kind of from that red light district, we then traveled uh, a few hours away to another city. And yeah. we, you know, first night of doing that or first day, was in a garbage dump. Right. You guys remember that? It was like, oh, yeah. as a full group, <laughs> a whole team, we went there, and it was shocking to the senses. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. you You can't deny that, that your, your sight, smell, right, everything you hear, it's just like, whoa, yeah. we're in a different realm here, and these people literally lived off the trash. Their houses, their huts were built from the trash. They were eating from the trash. But the one thing that struck me was that these people were no less value than someone that lived in a $20 million mansion. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean? yeah. And just seeing like, no, God still has a plan for yeah. you and he still has a purpose for you and he loves you and he chose you. And actually, whenever you were born, his dream became a reality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and yeah. and yeah. having that in your heart, it's like, hey, I'm not judging you based on your circumstances. Right. I'm seeing you through the eyes of God. Right. And, you know, what was that like for you guys? Because one, one thing I want to talk about even on this podcast is the benefit of short-term trips. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of opinions about it. I so believe in short-term trips because I think not only does it help you have a different perspective, you go across the world, you get out of your comfort zone, you see things differently, and you're like, wow, the world doesn't live the way I live. Right. right completely different situation um and so but i wanted to see like for you guys on this short-term trip what was that like for you to go into a situation like that so 
Uh, I mean, just, ba- just just touching on the um, short-term, the benefits of the short-term trip. Yeah. Um, what I've realized, and and just I've only done two. Yeah. Um, but in both of those, you realize that that the essential things in a human's life, like these essential needs, are still mm-hmm. what they need. Whether you're in the United States or yeah. you're there, like you, so you still need just the bare minimum. You need food. You know, you need you need uh, relationships. Yeah. Um, just these essential truths and things in life, um, they don't say like acceptance, like yeah. just, you know, yeah. like even yeah. whether it's from people or from God, like ultimately you want it from God, but just that feeling of belonging. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you even recognize that whether, you know, I'm in a rich community here or in the garbage dump in Thailand. Right. Yeah. There needs to be a sense of belonging, yeah. you know, and I think that that's something that can be provided through the gospel. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Means. Yeah. And the, uh, another thing that I keyed up on too is that uh, just like the basic human needs are the same, mm-hmm. so is like the strategy against humanity. Like yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter that we were in a dump. Like these people, the things that they were struggling with, um, I see here in America every single day. Dude, you know, I see yeah, addictions. Yeah. I see people that are in hopelessness. People that just don't. They they genuinely didn't know a better way, right? And so a lot of them are born into that. There's this there's this cycle of of poverty. There's a poverty mentality. They don't they can't really they kind of plateau at a certain yeah. point. And they say, yeah. well, "What am I supposed to do? The only thing I've ever known is picking garbage out of a dump." Right. right? And so they get stuck in that, but that's also a very hopeless place to be. Yeah. And so the the answer is, well, I'm just going to numb my pain. I'm just going to check out of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And and it's easy to see why because it's 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 not a very pleasant life. Yeah. yeah. Living on a pile of garbage. No. Yeah. You know? And I think that even in that you almost see that there's people just trying to make it through the day. Right. And I think we can see that in our society. <laughs> You know, right. you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter. Like there's people working nine to five yeah. here yeah. that are just trying to make it through. They're loving yeah, themselves in different ways. Yeah. And so it's like, it almost brought a reality to me. Like, man, there was times in my past when I was working the nine to five job where essentially I was living in the garbage dump. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah, trying to right. make it through the day. Right. And so I can't see myself as any better than them or any right. different than them. Like I just needed to touch of God, the grace of right. God to reach me. And I think right. that's what we were doing is like, yeah. man, our team went into the garbage dump. Yeah. And at that time, that was God being able to go and reach them. Yes. You know, yeah. he wanted to visit those people. Yes. He wanted to let them know how yes. valuable they were. He wanted yes. to show them that he, they were worth his blood that he shed freely for them. Yes. yes. And Absolutely. so we had to be that expression. We had to be that expression. Yeah. And you learn the deeper lesson too, which is that it comes through relationship. Yeah. yeah, we're short term, but we were with a ministry that isn't short term. Yeah. And you got to see how like people don't they resist change. Like generally I'm here, there, it doesn't really matter. People generally resist change. Change can be very fearful for, for people. Oh, absolutely. And so to take those steps, it's like, what is the unknown? Do I really want to step out in the unknown? Yeah. I mean, it's a garbage dump, but I'm comfortable in my in my dysfunction, right? Yeah. And so how do you break free of that? Well, it's through relationship. It's through it's through love relationships. Yeah. You know, this organization was taking potable water. One of the things I, I really uh, saw was that there was these giant tanks of water that were out there and yeah. they would bring it in on a monthly basis because, you know, you're talking they had wells inside the garbage dump 
where they were pulling water to wash their clothes and to, you know, cook with if they didn't have clean water. And it was absolutely disgusting water. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't wash my hands in the water, let right. alone drink it. But if they didn't have a choice, right? Yeah. But the consistency of this ministry to be there, yeah. even something simple as bringing drinking water, right, opens up a door for when that person is ready. And people do get to that place. We met yeah. another woman in another village. They relocated, right? Yeah. Because she had some circumstances. She was being abused by her husband in the dump. Finally came, he got arrested, right? And and that ministry was there to say, are you ready yet? Just yeah. like God, just like we in the church today, that's a key that we need to have is we need to have relationship with people in the world. We're not of the world. But when they hit that point where they're like, I need a change, you know, that's our responsibility as the church right. to say, okay, there's something better. Let me show you yeah, something better. And I think even there's like a huge principle there in the sense that this ministry was bringing water to them, things they needed on a daily life or for the, on a daily basis. But that was a sense of discipleship, yes. you know, yes. in, in the same way that it's like, hey, as the church now, there's people in our local communities that need disciple. Yes. That need that daily drinking water, yes. even from the gospel or even ways that we can help them grow and not stay here. You don't have to keep drinking from that dirty right. well. Yeah, come you don't on. have to keep drawing from yeah. that anymore. Yeah. There's something better. There's yeah. a clean river. Yeah. There's a clean yeah. water flowing, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so I think that even that was a call to me, I would say, this short-term trip highlighted to me, okay, there's some aspects in discipleship that I can improve on. Right. Oh, yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. 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 The people in your immediate life that uh, maybe it is at your job, that, yeah. that you're really not pouring out to yeah uh you're essentially like you were saying just living in the dump making it through your nine to five uh and essentially that's neglect of the people yeah. around you and me personally i felt convicted uh of of that so the people in my immediate life who i could reach out to yeah I could be that uh that river of living water to uh and, and just help them in whatever it means what i would say was huge for me in the dump was uh Actually, for the ones that were able to go back, uh, I know, Michael, you weren't able to. Mm. Uh, I, I think I went back with a, like two or three other people. Yeah, we went back at some point. Yeah, um, but that's where I really felt the relationship aspect of that because we were able to, we had much more time. So we were able to step into their homes, sit down with these people, and really just hear what's going on in their life. And to me, that was huge. I mean, there's babies, like yeah. newborn babies. Yeah, brand new babies. But they're healthy. Yeah. You know, as, as healthy as they can be living in this dump. And and so it really brings in perspective uh, of just life here. And, and uh, we're incredibly blessed. Yeah. We are. Yeah. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, Tanner on the podcast always says, he's like, these short-term trips, they really kind of help you see that your problems, while they may actually be a problem, right, are not real right. problems. Yeah, I mean, right. you weigh right. it compared to, yeah. man, these my children are being sold into sex trafficking. Uh, I'm living in yeah. a dump. I'm drinking dirty water. I'm eating food from the garbage. And it helps. It doesn't, you know, neglect the fact right. that you're going through challenging circumstances, right. but it also should put into perspective, like, hey, right. And that's what it does. It shapes your perspective. Yeah. It really, that's, for me, that's what it did uh, probably more than anything. It allows me to, like, even now look back on things and even look at the circumstances of my life today 
and then I, I have this this uh, this this you know experiential knowledge of yeah. what it's like other places, and I can take that same stuff as long as I use it in a positive way. I mean, you could go into those places and you could really feel hopeless. That's there true. was a point, even at the dump, that you know I saw all these little girls, and you know they're they're you know about the same age as my as my youngest daughter, mm-hmm. and and I just my heart was breaking. And I yeah. literally had to tell myself, I'm like, Michael, you need to keep it together. This is not the place. This is not the time. Yeah, and you can process this later. You, you know, audibly I mean? said that because I remember you saying. <laughs> Boy, I was choking back <laughs> tears know, because yeah. I wanted to just, I, I really wanted to reach out to each one of them and just love on them and say, yeah. you know, because that's the father instinct, right? And that's sure. the same instinct that, you know, that God has for us is oh, he God. wants to, he wants us to do this. But until we get to those places where we allow him to, right? Or circumstances, we let the circumstances change. Um, then it, then it just it it can it can be overwhelming. Yeah. But now it's like, do you want to engage more? Right. So you look at that and you're like, man, I don't want to take my relationships for granted. I don't want to lose time with my family. I don't want to, you know, like do these things that's going to uh, jeopardize that. I want to stay connected. I want to be more engaged. I want to live life to the fullest. And that allows you going through that. Like you can look at it either way. Yeah, that's very, very true. And one thing I wanted to ask you guys, because in in the preparation for this trip, you know, for any short term trip, how did you avoid being shocked? Because, I mean, we were in the dump and that was and in the red light district. And we were in a lot of circumstances that none of us have been in Mm -hmm. before. Right. How did you um, basically control your emotions, control your thoughts so that you could be effective and ministering to the people that needed help? In preparation, you know, up into. Up into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of prayer. Uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. just praying that God would, would hold my heart and guard my heart, uh, especially when it came to the red light district and then and going into the dump, um, just literally praying in tongues as the moments go, as the yeah. moments pass. Yeah, true. You're just asking him, yeah. hey, I'm here. I'm a willing vessel. This is a lot. So like these smells, man, like, oh, yeah. how, how am I going to get through this? You know, uh, yeah. but I would say 100%, he, he provides and like, yeah, comes through on those things. Uh, he's gonna, he already knew what you were going to go through. So. Yeah. And that's a great thing to remember is like, God, I'm here in this situation, but this is not a surprise. Yeah. Like you knew that I was going to be here. Right. You've given me grace. You told me to come right. and like that, but you gave provided all the money for me to come right. yeah. yeah so yeah but michael like what about you how did you feel like leading up to the trip did you do anything in particular to make sure that you were ready to go you know i i, I know for a fact that you know through networking and relationships with people like there was a prayer team there was yes. a ton of prayer warriors uh go every time you know i i i made i was very vocal about you know my intention and and kind of some of the things that we wanted to accomplish there right and so getting that team behind us like i think that made a lot of difference for me too knowing that like i was shielded with prayer there was people like it's like if you're on the front lines man you want to know that you have some artillery somewhere in the background i want to know i could call it a fighter jet and just like (laughs) take this out so having that you know spiritually speaking having that um, one, that security there and that that's comforting Two, there's just a tremendous amount of grace. I think, you know, being prepared spiritually, um, taking the time to be intentional about praying for uh, ahead of time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God ordained my steps. God, give me those divine appointments. Lord, I'm yeah. trusting you with every bit of this. 
Um, God, it's your will, not my will in these yeah. things. And then, and then when you step in it, you're able to, uh, during the time kind of compartmentalize that, yeah. Yeah. right? You're like, I'm here to do this thing for, for the Lord, like with the Lord. And, um, it, it really helps kind of keep your, your mind. And I love hearing this because one thing for me that I'm hearing is while I was prepping for this mission trip, this is how I acted, but how can I take those principles that I did for my mission trip and mm-hmm. apply them every day? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. thinking about? Yeah. Like if I'm going to my nine to five, yeah. what if I was so aware in that same way, like God, Today I'm going on the mission field. I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. And here there's people here that I need to reach and I'm prayed up. I'm ready to go. I'm aware of his grace. I'm aware of his presence. It's like, I think it helps us for, for those of you that are listening and like, I'm never going to go on the mission field. You're on the mission field, but I realize it or not, (laughs) but, um, that's okay. But so these principles that we're talking about, they can be used in your everyday life. And I think that's really important to know that. Hey, the things they're talking about, and I don't really have an interest to go, you know, to another country. That's great. But you've been called where you're at. You've been called to your job. You've been called to your family, to your friends, to the people in your life and in your circle. And with these principles, you can really apply them every single day.